Welcome to Fold in the Cheese, the recipe for fantasy football success. We are your hosts, two average dudes, watched a lot of football, played a lot of fantasy football, and our wives told us to get real jobs. And uh, we said pass. We'd much rather talk about football instead, so here we are. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just starting in the fantasy football. We want to bring some knowledge to help you get started. We'll be here along with you on the whole journey throughout the season, checking in, checking in with players and seeing who we should sit, who we should start, all that fun stuff. And for those who are a little more advanced, don't worry, we got some stuff for you too. Yeah, so if you're a casual fantasy player and you're tired of not winning, we're going to change that for you. If you never played before and you feel like, hey, I think I'd like to play this and I think I'd like to win my first time through, we're here for you too. Let's make this happen. Get some W's. Let's get it. All right. Well, welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. We are here on back on our normal schedule. We got a Tuesday. First of all, Merry Christmas to everyone. Hope everyone had a great holiday. I know mine was pretty relaxing. Got to go up north with my wife's family. Uh, so Kemper is actually still vacationing. He's probably drank a lot too much eggnog, so we will not be hearing from him today. But we do have a special guest filling in for him. As he did last uh, earlier this season when Kemper got dusted and the Avengers had to come save the day, Jason Thurston is back. The Mo Sislak to my fa- to his favorite customer Barney. I needed to get rid of the human garbage, otherwise known as my best friends. Yeah, oh. Barney, how do you keep getting back in? I'm a drunk. I don't know nothing about how I do anything. Oh. How's it going, Jason? It'd be a lot better if you pay your tab. Yeah, you know I ain't paying that tab. I think I feel like it, it should be more like a rent. I feel like I just kind of live there as opposed to just <laughs> drinking there constantly. I mean, honestly, in that show, they don't. Do we ever see Barney's apartment or his house? I don't think we want to see Mister Gumble's apartment. I'm sure you know what. It's <laughs> probably it's probably a mansion, or he lives in his mom's basement. It's one of the two. I could really that actually would be kind of a sweet twist. He actually does live in a mansion, and he's just like this super rich guy. It's just a degenerate, just stays at the bar all day. Uh, but That's we right. know Mo. He definitely lives at the bar. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, he is the degenerate. Yeah, absolutely. He is. A, he is as low as it gets. Yes. Well, speaking of bar, you are currently in your own at your house, and I am fortunate enough to have been to this bar. So how did this how did you get that bar going, man? Because it is a sweet setup. Thank you. So we had nothing but a thousand square feet of storage in this basement, and it was useless. It was useless. Exactly right. And before our first kid was born, I said to Sharon, I said, let's finish this. You know, we can make it into what could be like an in-law suite if uh, one of our parents eventually has to stay with us. But meanwhile, I'm thinking whatever would be the kitchen, I can turn into a bar. And uh, she was pregnant and just didn't have the wherewithal to say no. So she's like, that's fine. Just get it done before this first kid arrives. So we got it done, I think, within like three weeks of Audrey being born. But Damn. I was away. Yeah, I was away at work when the guys first started. And Sharon sent me an email saying, I don't think this is going to work out. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> the, the contractors are here working directly below my office. And they are singing air supply at the top of their damn lawn. She's like, I don't think I yes. can do it. So that is sure they eventually moved on from there and got the rest of it done. But but I absolutely love it. Uh, it's uh it saved me probably 16 DUIs, so I can just come down here and drink after each lion's loss and then just, you know, right. take the commute upstairs. Nice. Well, first of all, you said they they were able to move on from there. Did they move on from air supply or was it just always air supply? Oh, no. It was like Journey and Dio and a bunch of other, you know, awesome tunes. Uh, after That's that. free entertainment, Sharon. Come on. You can, it, you can it, deal with that in your office. That woman is hard to please. <laughs> uh, but yeah man that bar is sweet you got your own 
kegerator in there. You got the taps going. Um, I love all the neon signs you got too for like the, I mean, which ones do you have up there? I only, I can only remember a couple. So I've got the Lions uh, logo. I've got one that goes, let's go Lions, and it lights up. I've got a Sam Adams uh, from Boston and Carlsberg, which was the sponsor of my favorite soccer team, Liverpool at the time. And then a bunch of uh, really fancy light up signs from a a brewery called Old Style, which is guaranteed to give you the trots if you have like a half (laughs) can. That is spectacular. And uh, I know we talked about this last time you were on. So you used to have season tickets and I loved the fact and Kemper and I actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, probably around Thanksgiving, how you got to go to the Thanksgiving game every year, which I just think is something that's super cool. Um, Now, since, as you said, the bar has saved you from many DUI, have the Lions made you drink more this season? More, no, because we've won some games. You know that Owen that Owen sixteen season was really really tough because it, it were really you sweating it earlier it, this year? No, I, because I I came into this with low expectations. I still drink really heavily, but that Owen sixteen oh, season obviously. was just brutal. You know, Dan Orlowski ran out of the back of the end zone, and and Marinelli <laughs> is, is you know, arguably one of the top five worst coaches I've ever seen. But uh, you know, he's still not as bad as Marty Morningweg, but. That was Oof. that was a really brutal season. And this season, you know, you just look at the the cupboards bare, but you know, we're we're starting over. I, I do like the coach. I, I like the GM. There are some pieces here. I see probably four or five pieces that legitimately are NFL players on offense and maybe three or four that are legit players on defense that you know you can build around and you know I hate the <laughs> A buddy of mine that I that I tailgated with for a long time had a Lions jersey, and he had it uh, on the back of his jersey, uh, the words next year. It always feels nice. like next year we're going to be good. And, you know, I just – I hope that at some point that next year happens before, you know, my, my grandkids are old. Yeah. True. No kidding. Jeez. So, okay, but so be honest with me. Coming into this season, because, you know, obviously we're in Michigan, we get all the local radio hosts and, you know, talking about the the projections for this year. And I was hearing some ludicrous statements. Again, this is before the season starts, so we didn't know what was going to be happening. But people were saying like, oh, yeah, I project the Lions to have 11 or 10, you know, worst case scenario, nine wins. And I'm just doing the math and I'm thinking how and where. Now, please tell me. You are at least a realistic Lions fan. I looked at this team and I thought they had the worst wide receiver core in the league. And oh, by far. Jared Goff, and Jared Goff is a statue. So, you know, he's not going to pick up first downs by running the ball. And <laughs> Swift Swift was a, still kind of unproven. You know, we had that game a year ago where, you know, he missed that catch in the end zone in the first game that yep. won that game against the Bears. and. Yep. See, that, that's kind of the memory I have of that guy. And and he's turned into a decent player, but really what I saw was, was Hawkinson and not a lot else and a whole lot of guys on offense that were like, oh, maybe, you know, and then Perriman got cut and then, you know, other guys got hurt. Uh, you know, thank goodness that Amon Ross St. Brown has really developed into a receiver because I didn't know much of him. You know, I don't follow USC, so I – I just didn't know what we had, but he's turned out to be yeah. a guy that you could build around. But ideally I'd like to see him as like our, our golden Tate, you know, back in the, the heydays of Calvin Johnson having, you know, uh, someone to work off of, uh, or, you know, Nate Burleson, you know, love him or hating those guys, you know, were able to pick up the slack for a Jason, really good I'm, wide receiver. 
I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off there because it's hilarious that you say those two names of Golden Tate and Nate Burleson because my brother-in-law, Kyle Siegert, who has been mentioned many a time on this podcast, has always said that uh, one of his big knocks on Matthew Stafford is that, well, you know, it's easy to put up a lot of big-time garbage numbers or even big-time numbers when you have some of the best wide receivers in the league. So he's obviously referring to Calvin Johnson. So I was like, okay, oh, sure. besides Calvin, who are you calling a top wide receiver that he had? He's like, Golden Tate. Nate Burleson, those two guys were like top 20 in the league at the time. Or or he was even calling, I think, Golden Tate, yeah, top 20 or like top 10 second guy. I was like, come on, man. So it's hilarious that you'd mention those two guys. They are what they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be, you know, the Tonto to the Lone Ranger. They're they're the, (laughs) the guy that, you know, when you're single covered, because Calvin's getting sometimes triple covered, uh, yep, they're they're supposed to go and get to the to the sticks and, and get the first down. And, and those guys, you know, when they're not breaking their hands trying to get a pizza um, or <laughs> taking, uh, I think, what did Golden do? He he had uh, taken his wife's fertility drugs or something like. I don't know, but you know, they, right. they both managed to do some really stupid shit uh, to get them off the field. But I, I did like having a guy that was capable opposite a dynamic wide receiver and we need that i don't know how that's going to happen next year i I see the the first pick that we use in the draft on a defensive player because our defense oh it's got awful decent i don't think it's got awful you look at their passing you know their their pass defense is like top five top six in the league but they they don't have any edge presence they need someone to go and really disrupt the quarterback uh, I don't know if you watched last weekend's game. The rookie guy we had, uh, Ali McNeil. Uh, that guy reminds a little bit of Jerry Ball from you know the the '90s Lions, where he's penetrating up the middle. I think that guy's solid. I like An- uh, Anzalone, the guy, the long hair dude. Th- there's some talent here. But yeah. They they like I said, there's probably three or four guys on defense that I think are legit that could play next year, but they they really need to keep working to build this into a real team. Yeah, they really do. But they're screwing themselves over by winning these few games. They're screwing themselves over by getting that number one pick. So, But I think I would, I would still take some wins over that. Uh, exactly. As a guy that's been through this scenario for four decades, you 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 don't sit here in this bar and drink copious amount of booze thinking, <laughs> oh, I want them to lose because in April we'll be able to draft one spot higher. You know, we, we've talked <laughs> right. up enough drafts, too, that it's like, uh, you know, let's just get the wins and then you know, the draft will take care of itself. What, where you continually draft a wide receiver in the second spot for, what, six years in a row or something like that? That was absurd. Oh, yeah. You know, RIP Charles <laughs> Rogers. Yeah, geez, yikes. Oops, too soon? Question mark? Uh, uh, no, no. Well, dang, man. gone long enough. Okay, so it's long enough. That's good. I That's good that we uh, we gave enough of a, a gap. So that's, whew, yeah. I feel better. But, uh, no, I appreciate the Lions knowledge, man. It's always good just because I know how much of a diehard Lions fan you are and Man, they've been a roller coaster in some senses of the word this year because so many close ones, and yet now they're actually showing some fight. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about Amon, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown a little bit later, so stay Sweet. tuned for that guy. But today we're going to talk about some of the top stories that happened this weekend. Uh, I'll, I'll grill Jason on some blind resumes. I think I did that for him last time. We'll see if he's learned my tricks yet. And uh, we'll go over some of our, our weekly matchups in both mine and Kemp's league and also mine and Jason's league because we have a championship matchup coming up. So we will get into that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. But first, 
We are going to talk about our uh, bowl pick'em league. Where again, thanks to our friends at Better Off who sponsored us to give us a, a two hundred dollar pot free entry to get into this uh, bowl pick'em league. It's been a kind of a weird bowl season because of how many have been canceled lately. Uh, what I think it was like three or four in a row, wasn't there, man? Yeah, something like ridiculous. that. And I'm not a college football guy, so I, I I went into this and just basically hit a bunch of radio buttons. But it was fun, and it, <laughs> it's now got me so interested in, in college football. And I really should right? take more of an interest from now forward because these are the guys that are going to be coming into the NFL. So I should start. These are going to be your lions. These are going right? to be your guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and moreover, but... my fantasy football players next year. Exactly. Well, speaking of, man, you say you didn't do it too much. You are currently sitting, well, technically you're tied for second because there are three people sitting atop the leaderboard with 11 wins, uh, which okay. comes out to 110 points. And then you and I are both in a big chunk of people who have 10 wins, I think. Uh, I'll take it. So we're, we're one game behind, man. So you think you don't know much, but you're you're right there. You're at 10 and 7. I'm at 10 and 7. Kemper, our boy, he's at 11 and 6. So he is currently in the lead with one Kyle Seeger and Brent Scott. So there's a battle, man. A lot of games going, so it's it's exciting. And your chips, they just uh, they just switched bowls, which is fun, huh? I don't know how you can do that. I, like I was telling you before the show started, I feel bad for the parents that said, "Oh, we've got to now figure out how to get to Texas as opposed to going <laughs> from to Arizona, Arizona to go to the uh, Chocula Bowl." Or no, it's the Tony the Tiger Bowl. Excuse me, Tony the Tiger. They, it was one of those cereals. Oh, yeah, Kalamazoo, right? right? Right. Uh, well, it's, uh, what I think was funny is I actually read an article about um, the Arizona Bowl, which Central was in prior to uh, Boise State dropping out. And I guess that's sponsored by Barstool Sports. Is that right? Yes, I think I believe it was. So I actually I actually read an article from Central Michigan Life, the great newspaper of the mighty Chippewas. And they were saying how people should boycott it because Barstool Sports are such like a, a terrible sponsor and they're misogynistic and they're just not good people so i just thought that was funny that central michigan making headlines with who their their bowl sponsor is kind of funny to see you know i remember when i was a kid and we would laugh at the pole and weed eater bowl and and never thinking that we were going to have a breakfast cereal bowl or a bowl for you know a guy that is you know known for uh, being a misogynist it, it, it it's <laughs> it's interesting but I don't know how many bowls there are and how many teams are bowl eligible, but it's, you know, as we'll talk about it in a little bit, you know, Rutgers gets to play in a bowl. I don't, I don't understand how any of this stuff works. And like I said, this is why I'm just silly and, and slow and just stick with the NFL because I can't <laughs> get my head around all these, these college teams and all the bowls that, that pop up for them to play in. Well, there are 40, 44 matchups, as we said. Our board Durator took him uh, over a half an hour to finish out these damn pickums. But talking about oh freaking Rutgers, this is where I'm kind of pissed, and I'm going to want a mini rant being a Wake Forest alum. I think, so Wake Forest is one of the most historic seasons that they've ever had in their football program because they are not – we have, have never been historically known as a football te- uh, program. And they who's, the, who's, the the best, ninth, who's the best NFL player that's come out of, out of Wake Forest? The best NFL player to come out of Wake Forest. I mean, if you talk about collegiately, we had Aaron Curry. Do you remember that linebacker who got drafted by the Seahawks? He was Oh, yeah. He was great in college, right? I mean, Brian Piccolo was, came from uh, Wake Forest. Okay. So, I mean, we've had, you know, if we want to go to golf, we had Arnold Palmer. You know, Chris Paul played basketball. See, this is what I'm saying. It's like football is yeah, not yeah. the most historically great. But so this is what I'm saying. We have one of the most historically amazing seasons in Wake Forest football history. Get up to all the way to number nine in the college football playoff rankings. You know, win the uh, one side of the ACC and get to the championship game and had a crappy game against Pitt. So, you know, we're riding high. We get a good bowl, the Gator Bowl. 
going to play A&M, which is a, a nationally recognized well, program. Yeah, it's a real football so team. Then, right? It's a real one. And so, you know, then A&M pulls out because of COVID. And it's like, oh, crap. Well, Wake Forest still wants to play. That's good for them. We want to give the seniors their send off. Yeah. And here's the garbage. We now have to play Rutgers, who wasn't even bowl eligible. There are five and seven and a terrible five and seven. So this is just it just sucks because it's such a lose lose game for Wake. They're going to be, you know, because like, OK, you beat Rutgers. OK, you should have beat Rutgers. If you struggle or God forbid lose, it's like you are not a good team, Wake Forest, and you ruin your best season ever. So I'm just yeah. kind of pissed. It sucks. I honestly hoped we had waited because. You know, clearly, look how many teams have been dropping out to see if we'd got a better matchup. But I understand they just wanted to get a game in, be able to pub it, and just get everything set. But it just sucks that it records. Honestly, Ugh. I think Central Michigan would have been a better matchup for you guys. But, uh, you know, would have been more fun for me because I've ties to both. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, Greg Ciano, the, co- the coach of Rutgers, is a clown. I remember him when he was in the NFL for a heartbeat. You know, when. When oh, the opposing God, team the was in the victory formation, he was having his defense you know, try to blow it up. I'm like, what an ass. Yeah. And, yeah, I, you sucks. know, I know that he's under that Parcells tree of, of coaches, but I'm just like, you know, you're out there basically trying to hurt another player. And, and like, that stuff doesn't work. And you know, to think that he's now, like, responsible for coaching young guys and, like, in five and for seven. Young guys. I'm just like, uh, you know, I, I hope that Rutgers uh, gets their doors blown off and Rutgers says, oh, oh, me too. all right, see you, Greg Shadow. Bye-bye. It's funny you say that he's a coach that wants to hurt people. I do believe your coach of the Lions wants to bite people's knees. Is that uh, not true? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a metaphor. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it is, man. He's crazy. He is, and and I do really like him. And you know, when we played uh, the the Broncos recently, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was talking about his time when he and and uh, Campbell were in New Orleans. He's like, yeah. I'll paraphrase, but he was basically saying, you know, whatever that man spoke. You just want to run out of the office and go punch somebody in the face. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like that. I, I like the I fact do like that, that too. Gets, gets these people motivated. And, and, you know, I will say this, that since he has taken over the play calling, I think the offense is, is looked a lot better. And I, I was in favor of Anthony Lynn coming here to be the OC. But I, I think that for whatever reason, uh, the play calling was not great when Anthony yeah. Lynn was calling the plays. And, and Campbell is learning on the job, but, He's he is doing a solid job. They go for it maybe a little bit too much on fourth down, and you know down a distance is a little bit of a concern. But I do I I, I think there's positives here. But really, like like I was saying earlier, the offseason is in, is going to be really important to go and bring in uh, like real players and you know build yeah. around. If they can get a couple names, today. man. If they can get a couple names, that that could be a big turnaround. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think you said it best. He's great at motivating. And what I just love about the Lions is they never quit. And it's not like the cheap crap that Shiana says, like, oh, they're lining up victory and, and try and blow them up. No, it's like they're they're still fighting to the nail when the game is still going. And and I argued with Kevin about this. I don't see that in a team like the Jets, who are just as bad, no. have a terrible record. And I just, I just don't see it as much from the Jets as I do in the Lions. You just feel like they will never give up. They will go till the final whistle. And I appreciate that. You know, and I'm sure for you as a, a diehard Lions fan, you like to see fighting till the end. And I, I do. I'm and, all for and, that. You know, you go back you go back to Salah for a minute. I He was a guy that was targeted to be here, too. And, you know, he was probably a bigger, more popular name. And honestly, I'll take yeah. Campbell over Salah any day of the week. I think that he is... 
gotten our team in a better position going forward than what Salah has done in, in New York. And I don't know what's going on in, in New York. It just feels like Ugh. whatever you do there is not right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a perfect way to put it. But, uh, you know, and uh, I, I, I've said this for years and, you know, through a bevy of different coaches, and they're like, there's talent here. There, there's things we can improve upon. And, you know, the Lions went to the playoffs three times under Matt Stafford. And I went to two of those games and one was in New Orleans and one was in Dallas. And, you know, they were they were competitive in each of those playoff games. And, uh, you know, Jim Caldwell was, was a coach that I hope gets another crack at, at coaching one of these 32 teams, because I think Caldwell, of uh, you know, the coaches of the last you know 15 years, was a guy that I thought, this guy might actually get us to a playoff win for the first time since Wayne Fonts in 1991. Wake Forest connection, man. Jim Caldwell. Whoop, whoop. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Was he, uh, was he a coach at Wake? He was. I forget what years he was there. Um, okay. But he was involved with the program. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. No, I liked Caldwell, too. Uh, I thought he did a good job with Detroit. I think he got kind of a raw deal at the end of his tenure here. But, um, yeah, I, too, hope he gets another another shot here in the NFL. But I think now, speaking of it, we should probably get to talking about what's been going on this past week because there is a crap ton of crap going on. Uh, So, first and foremost, just as we kind of let's talk about the crap. Uh, But I'll tell you what's not crap was one of your flaming moes, which I could really go for right now. But Well, uh, um... It, it's not quite noon, but I'm looking at the bar and I'm looking around to see what I could throw in. I Sharon got some like green chili vodka, which I think would really go well in the flaming. Perfect. Mo. Yes. Well, isn't there like cough syrup in the flaming mo? That's not the secret ingredient. Yeah. Krusty's cough syrup. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Uh, or who was that quarterback for the for the Raiders that would take the purple drink? I'm sure you can combine that with. Was it Jamarcus Russell? I was about to say Jamarcus Russell. I mean, if it's yes. any dumpster, it's it's Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure Jamarcus Russell is a big fan of the Flaming Mo. Oh yeah, he would be, and he's probably just he's probably at the bar right now. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, man. So as we talked about with college, the COVID's just been running rampant through the league. So there were some big names who were sh- shaking up the fantasy landscape this week in the playoffs because of COVID. So this week, just so, just some top hits alone, we lost Dalvin Cook. Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, and granted, these guys aren't huge names, but they were sleepers who's been really kind of carrying their teams. You know, Tyler Huntley for the Ravens, Gabe Davis for the Bills. Um, Jared Goff, your boy, yep. he's been out. Marquez Van Valdez Scantling on the Packers, but shoot, they're rolling, so it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, uh, Taysom Hill, and Trevor Simeon. So we had to see an Ian Book sighting last night for the Saints. Oh, so, I mean, it's real? just right. <laughs> I love how. And so here, Kemper and I are kind of pissed. So Kemper always shoots me over a text before certain games are going to play. And, and he shoots me what his bets are for the game. So one of his big things is who's going to be the first TD scorer in any game. So he'll do like a couple and it's great odds, you know, because that's that's a tough sure. call. So he shoots me over a text and he goes, all right, here are my picks for the, uh, the Saints Dolphins. And he has um, Jalen Waddle or who was it? Jalen Waddle or Duke Johnson to get the first touchdown of the game. And so I was like, you know what? I'll jump in with him. So we both take those bets. And who scores the freaking first touchdown? Miami Do you remember defense. this already? The Miami defense. I was like, son of a bitch. Come on, man. Ian Book screwing me over already. So well, anyway, but in, yeah. So go- to Ian Book, though, he did throw a touchdown on his first NFL drive. 
he did. I mean, he's a touchdown scorer already, so good for right. him. He's Wrong team, but he did throw a touchdown. And I thought and it was throw so a touchdown. cute. Too. They were showing mom and dad in, in the stand, <laughs> and like not two minutes later, boom, interception, pick six. Boom, pick six. <laughs> That's just great. That's exactly what I saw something. I saw something on uh, Adam Schefter's uh, Instagram feed this morning that, like, uh, Notre Dame quarterbacks have lost their like last fifteen starts going back to Brady Quinn. Oh God. Yeah. Brady Quinn was not a good NFL quarterback, but who was no, the one that the Oh Kaiser Kaiser with the Browns yes. was that the last yep. the Sean Kaiser? Oh, and there was God. someone else intermingled in there, but yeah, Kaiser I think got the majority of those L's, but. Uh, there was some other cloud yeah. in there too, but uh, yeah, but book did not look good last night. I feel like Kaiser started a game for the Packers too, didn't he? Uh, he like did. Aaron Rodgers was way he hurt. Went after, and... uh, he went there after Cleveland, right? Yeah, but I feel like he lost there too. But anyway, so yeah, so COVID's just showing like it, it, it doesn't stop for any big name. And this is why it's even more important that you've had these handcuffs, you know, Dalvin cook, you want that Alexander Madison, you know, with Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson had a huge game, and I actually was able to pick him up in our league, and he got I me 30 points. I so, saw that. Um, so it's even more important to pay attention to the COVID as it uh, to the COVID list, just because it can happen quick, and so you got to make sure you have these handcuffs. Uh, along with COVID, we had some big injuries too. James Robinson, who was so happy to be freed from Erdermeyer's reign of terror, he's done for the year with a torn Achilles. So that was I, that was sad to see because he's a great player. And he had some great games this season, even under Urban. But then when Urban was leaving, they finally let him loose. And so it's like, damn, man, that sucks. So I'm in a four-man league, and everyone makes the playoffs in that. And we are in the playoffs there. And I was the first – I actually gave a shit and, and was you know working my team where the guy I played basically didn't do anything with his team the entire year. And then he put nice. up a hell of a, a roster against me, and I was like, oh, I better – go and move some guys around. And I had a, a COVID player that I had to pull out and I got uh, Robinson and he got me one uh, point before he got no. hurt. Son of a bitch. I, I still managed to pull it out, but going into Sunday night, I was down big. I think I had like a 30% uh, projection to win, but I had Amari Cooper and the Dallas defense and those guys. Okay. There you go. So if you had yeah, any cowboy, you were fine. Yeah. When you see the opposing team punching each other in the face, you know that it's going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That was awesome to see. Good old, I mean, Washington. Well, first of all, it's good to see Taylor Heineke back, but man, they are, they have, they've been such an up and down team. What they start two and six, then they win their next four, and now they just look like total garbage. So it, anyway, it's, so it's Washington. They're not good. Yeah. I can give a shit about one. Washington is a lot like the Jets to me. Like they always feel like they're a team that is like dysfunction junction. Yeah, no. That, well, if you're punching each other on the sideline, that'll kind of be that to a T. So you're right there. Right. Uh, going into the uh, the Eagles game, I've had Miles Sanders all year in uh, camp in my league, and he's been so frustrating. Well, I don't even know if it's him, but the Eagles and his usage have been so frustrating because he's a great player. I saw him play at Penn State. He was a beast. And he was going to be, he was projected, everyone's saying he's going to have an awesome year because he's a workhorse. He can get the hard yards. He's great career average uh, per per carry. And they've just used him so sparingly in the beginning of the season. Then he got hurt for a little bit, comes back. The past few weeks, he's had 200-yard games, which has been awesome. They finally said, hey, this guy is good. Let's use him. But then what's he do? Breaks his hand. So, of course, so it looks like. 
supposedly they say they're going to see if he can play through it, which just seems dumb. It's like, oh, now you're going to push him when he's not healthy, but yet you didn't use him when he was. So I don't know what the hell the Eagles are doing. Uh, it's probably He's probably not going to play. Jordan Howard is still kind of limping around, but he'll, he should be fine. He was a workhorse against Washington. But uh, Boston Scott's in the mix. So anyway, the Philly backfield is just a mess. What do you think about this? So, uh, you know, Miles Sanders, I, I don't know much about him, but I do know, like you said at the beginning of the season, they threw the ball, you know, nine times out of ten, and then their quarterback was running the other time. And I was like, mm-hmm. what a, you know, misallocation of resources. But he did look like a real NFL player for a hot minute. Uh, Jordan yeah. Howard, I know him from the Bears days when we faced him twice a year. He's serviceable, but not great. So I, no. I just think it's a, it's a real shame that Sanders hurt himself. But yeah, by no means should they put a running back out there with a broken hand. That that just yeah. See, I mean, if if I'm a, a Cowboys fan, then, you know, please do that because you know he's going to put the ball on the turf all the time. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, you know, right, just, just punch yeah, that. that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it, it just seems like a recipe for disaster. I feel like you don't really see. Uh, skill players with playing with a mallet hand. You know, you see the defensive lineman all the time playing with those mallets or Jason Pierre Paul hands, but uh, I feel like you don't see running backs or receivers doing that, <laughs> but no, that's just me. Uh, I, maybe you know, I'm sure they could, you know, they could probably like 3d print some kind of cool glove for the dude or like, you know, give him there some it kind is. of RoboCop hand, but um, I don't know if you have there enough time is. to do that with a you know, short turnaround. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If they, if it wasn't a short turnaround, maybe, but that's the kicker. <laughs> um, Another running back who went out with an injury was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He went out with a shoulder collarbone injury. Uh, they're going to take some more tests to see how bad it is. Hey, if, if they just go talk to Dalvin Cook, get him that super sling that he had, I mean, maybe he should be back. But uh, in the meantime, yeah. Terrell Williams becomes interesting. And as we always talk about, we hope you had him, just have him as a handcuff. And Jace, uh, Jason, if I remember correctly, when you were on earlier, you spoke ill of one Darrell Williams. And are you going to do the same here? Yeah, he's not for me. I'll just put it that way. I actually like Derek <laughs> Moore more, but um, you know, who knows how that's going to shake out. I, the concern you've got there is um, is Kelsey going to be back, right? Um, and right, really, I don't know what's going. But really, they won their division, so they can just kind of take a breather. Which is a guy that's going into the championship round in, in two fantasy leagues. That concerns me if I've got Chiefs on my roster that, you know, they won their division. They got some guys dinged up. So the guys that you think, like the Mahomes, the the Cheetah, the Kelseys of the world, uh, are they going to go and give you the point production you got through the season? Or are they going to go and, and rely on some of the other dudes instead? So if, if right. I'm putting a roster together for a championship game this weekend in fantasy, and I am in two leagues, and I'll just say that again. Hey. Uh, the, the Chiefs are guys that I'm going to be weary of. I want the guys yeah. that are like in in the hunt for getting into the playoffs this week. So if if there's a guy that if they win this week and they play well this week, they make the playoffs. Those are the guys that I'm looking at to round out my fantasy roster. It, it's not the guys like I said, the Mahomes, where you know he can you know kind of take his foot off the gas a hot minute, chucking it to to a running back out of the backfield or or anyone else. So. I'm but there's a counterpoint to that, though. But see, at the same point, the Chiefs are still going to be fighting for that one seed, and they got the Titans right behind them. I know the Titans have kind of been helter-skelter in a sense and up and down, but if the Chiefs are going for that one seed, the, 
the Titans have the the tiebreaker over them. So they're only one game up on the Titans. So I still think they still have a little bit to play for, but you're right. You know, basically anybody in the AFC North, they're going to be clawing tooth and nail. Hell, we saw Joe Burrow go off for a thousand yards last week. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. You also, with a team like the Chiefs or um, maybe even the Packers, you might worry about them potentially resting guys as you do go into these fantasy championships. So that that is an interesting point to make. Um, so it's it's definitely something to watch. But yeah, basically anyone in the AFC North and even in the AFC West, you're gonna want those guys. Absolutely. Um, so a couple just a little more uh, headliners as we talked about last week. Houston had over 20 players on the COVID list, including eight starters, but yet they still beat the Chargers, which crushes the chargers uh playoffs hopes they're not out of it by any means but the chargers have been such a weird team they've looked like one of the best in the afc but then also at the same time one of the worst they had some questionable losses so this is just so weird and i know you have justin herbert in our league um what do you think about them and and where what are they doing so this is why Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator of the Lions right now because they went through the same type of stuff last year they they sputtered at the end but uh i I don't know. I, you know, West Coast games, I don't get to see a whole lot. I don't know why anybody loses to Houston. Houston is a <laughs> get your beat button. It, they're a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> the, the Chargers have, you know, too much talent to lose to a team bereft of players. And I know yep. that you can look at the COVID list as an excuse, but Justin Herbert alone should be able to beat that team. And, uh, you know, I think he had two picks in the game. He he wasn't horrible, but trust me, as a, as a guy that's going into my fantasy championship game with Justin Herbert as a quarterback, I'm a little concerned. You know, I've got Matt Stafford on my bench behind him, but, you know, he's had those games where he's thrown multiple picks and thrown pick sixes in there too. So, you know, I, I'm a little concerned, uh, you know, selfishly about what Herbert is going to do in the next game. Okay. Uh, well, I hope he throws the stinker because I'm playing you. So there we go. Shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> here's a guy I wish I did have. Joe Burrow, as you just said, threw, put up 525 and four touchdowns. T. Higgins looked like a beast. Uh, again, I feel like the Bengals are also one of those teams who have been so up and down. They'll have games like this where they look unstoppable, but then games where you just have such head scratches, like what is going on? So, But as you said, this is a team that you would want who's going to be clawing tooth and nail. They're in a dogfight for their division. So... Hell, I'd take any Bengal right now. I would even it pains me to say it, but I would take Joe Mixon. I actually had to beat him last week, so thank God I did. Uh yeah. Cowboys Joe Mixon is not for me, but you know, going back to Cincinnati, they've got three wide receivers that you can, you know, lean into if, if you're looking for a guy that so they got what, Jamar Chase and they got Higgins and uh who's the other Tyler Boyd. You know, Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd's a guy not to sleep by too. That guy will get you a hundred uh, hundred yards uh when you know uh, Burrow's having a game like this. Yeah, and Tyler's actually had kind of a, a little bit of a disappointing season, but he does have the ability to throw out those big games. Uh, Kemper does get pissed because I picked him once in Daily Fantasy, and he had a great game for me. So, sorry, nice. Kem. Uh, but the boys, as we talked about, crushed Washington. The Bucks had a easy game against Carolina, and the Chiefs all cruise. And, I mean, they're they're peaking at the right time. But, hell, the Buccaneers are limping, but they, they still looked really damn good. It helped to have Antonio Brown back because everything's forgiven now that his fake COVID card is okay, I guess. So we're, we're all good there. Uh, yeah, the pride Nick of the chip Foles. was in, in Antonio Yeah, the Brown. pride of the chips. Antonio, he was there when I was there. So there's my one connection to Antonio Brown. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, as you told me when we were over at your house, it sounds like your wife has a connection to him, too. I don't know if you want to talk about that. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Antonio hit on my wife. He, she was not my wife at the time, which is okay. But uh, yeah, Antonio hit on Kirsten when uh, they were both in Central Michigan together. So oh, there you go. Okay. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Just a class act. Um, how about a Nick Foles sighting in Chicago and getting the, the W? Snow on the road. In Seattle, one of the tougher places to play. Going for two. Did you see yeah. that two-point conversion? It was great. And that's what all these other coaches have been trying to do. And leave it to Matt Nagy, who knows he doesn't have a job right. in Chicago next year, right? And Jim Caldwell is going to be like checking out his office in a couple of weeks. But uh, <laughs> good, good for them. I mean, I'm obviously want the Bears to lose every damn game because they're in my division, just like I want the Vikings of course. Packers to lose. But, but uh, I, I thought that was really one of the games of the week. You know, say the Bears and the, the Seahawks is a game of the week. But I mean, how exciting! You know, it was in yeah, snow gross. on the road. Um, Nick Foles, you know, what he did is he just made sure that he's got, you know, his grandkids set up because you know, when you make a throw like that, when someone's going and looking for an arm next year to go back up your Justin Herberts or your Mahomes or someone else, that that guy just got himself another six to $8 million a year deal. He got himself a contract. Yes, he did. So, you know, good for him. I mean, I love these quarterbacks that can go and, you know, play a couple games a year and and go pull out a win like this and, you know, save someone's (laughs) fantasy ass when, you know, your quarterback is down. That that guy just, he just keeps slinging the ball. I mean, he's got a Super Bowl under his belt. I mean, that guy is living. He's got a Super Bowl MVP under his belt. Not just a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Right. But don't remind me. Also, one of them more depressing Super Bowls of my career, but anyway. No, that's exactly why I brought it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. God damn it, Nick. I have nightmares. The guy whose team has never been to a Super Bowl. I can only Yeah, as I said that coming out of my mouth, I'm like, I'm a little spoiled, so I apologize. Uh, But talking about that, we have five NFC teams who have already locked up playoff spots as they look for Super Bowl aspirations. I mean, the Packers are looking great. The Cowboys, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cardinals have all locked it up, which is crazy. While in the AFC, the Chiefs are the only ones who have locked it up. Um, That just shows – I don't know what that shows. I don't know if it just shows that the NFC is top-heavy. I don't know if it shows that the AFC just has more parity or that they're all just kind of sucking right now. Like the Patriots, who everyone's talking like, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to play the Bucks." Like everyone relax. They were nine and four. Okay, great. But they had, let's talk about one of those NFC teams, the Cardinals. I mean, do they look, I mean, they look like the chargers, uh, you know, they're just kind of falling down these last few weeks. I I was going to say, but this is classic Cardinals. It's classic Cardinals. They started off six and two last year. They finished two and six. Like it's, it's what they do. Uh, And I don't know if it's DeAndre Hopkins going out or if it's just, Cliff Kingsbury getting out coached, or if it's is Kyler Murray like the Baker Mayfield of, of this team? I huh. I don't know. I, I I don't know what's going on there. But you look from a fantasy football perspective, they've got Ugh. guys all around, right? But I heard that they even tried to reach out to Larry Fitzgerald and see if he'd be interested in coming back. I'm like, like why can, do you need can to you do come that? Back? You've got a Larry Fitzgerald and AJ Green already. Uh, That's the I, thing. I even with even with Hopkins going down for the regular season, you still, have, as you said, you got AJ Green, you got Christian Kirk, who is definitely a, a solid fill-in. You got a wild card in Rondell Moore. You got Zach yeah. Ertz as your tight end. I mean, you're fine offensive weapon-wise. It's just and James Conner, who was out, but um, still, you still got all these pieces there. You should not be doing what you're doing right now. I um, could not agree more. I think Kingsbury is getting a little exposed. I don't think he's really in their top tier of coaches. I think they had a great start, but 
two years in a row kind of says something that this is what their trend is. So I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it is not a fluke. It is a trend. I I think you're, you're exactly right. He's, I don't want to say he's a fraud, but um, it is a, an AYSO soccer coach and now a travel coach. uh, I know a championship coach, a championship coach, by the way, undefeated. Yes. But, you know, as a, as a girl soccer coach, I can tell you, I know a lot about coaching. And it, it looks like, you know, I could go in there and coach that, that kind of talent. It's, <laughs> it, to, to screw it up as bad as he's done and get yeah. the sweet pad that that dude lives in. Did you see his pad when they were doing the NFL draft last year? That guy had. Oh, it did look pretty swanky. It looked pretty sweet. I'm like, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. The guy, the guy is living the life, uh, but I think that life is going to come crashing down if he has another second half season next year, like he's doing. Oh yeah. Well, let's be honest. I mean, so he got fired at Texas Tech, and then the Cardinals surprisingly hire him. There, he's just riding the coattails of having coached Patrick Mahomes. That is the only oh, yeah. reason why he has a job. He's like, hey, remember that time I coached Patrick Mahomes in college? You should hire me. So that's that's and not only that. They they sacked their quarterback that they had just drafted in the first round for him as well. They're like, we got this guy. They're like, yeah, I don't want Josh Rosen. And well, Josh they, Rosen you know, is terrible. That was probably smart. Well, yeah, that's true. It, it, he is. I don't understand that guy's fall from grace. Uh, I, I just he's so fast. Half the league at this point. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. So, man, so a lot happened this past week. Uh, a lot more to play for in these next two weeks in the NFL. I mean, as we're talking about, the AFC has so many playoff spots up for grabs. The NFC is just a couple left, but um, it's going to be interesting coming down the line. So now, as we are all coming into our fantasy championships, or at least the semifinals, but I'm pretty sure it's the championship for everybody this week, uh, kind of want to talk a little bit of strategy and how you should approach this final game if you are fortunate enough to be going into the championship, or if you're playing the third-place game, Hey, still a lot to play for. You get that little uh, bronze trophy in your little profile. So get that third place, man. Third place is nothing to nothing to cry home about. But That's right. one of the biggest things, and I want, I want to hear your thoughts on this, is what is your strategy when you think about do you want to play your, you know, keeping riding with your studs or are you looking at who is playing hot right now? And I mean, hopefully you have kind of like a combination of both, but are you sticking with the guys who got you there? Or you're saying like, holy crap, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Has scored 20 points the last three weeks, like each one. Do I take him over to Deontay Johnson? You know, it's one of those things. So what what are your thoughts on that? So I'll, I'll tend to look at, you know, matchups and see who they're going against. So if Amon Rob St. Brown is my guy, but he's going against Jair Alexander or, a, you know, a top flight corner like that, I might look further down my bench and see what else I've got. But, you know, the other thing that goes into it right now is COVID. I mean, I'm on Rock St. Brown, yeah. you know, locked into my roster, and then you know he could be out yep. because, or he could lose his Jared Goff, right? You know, which which he did, and, and thankfully St. Brown still did well with the backup quarterback. He still balled so, out yeah. with Tim yeah, Boyle. <laughs> yeah, right, TB12. <laughs> but uh, you know, the thing is, I, there's there are more variables now, so I start to get this paralysis by analysis when I start to like think about it. So it leads me back to go with the guys that got me here, right? So I, I was okay. talking about earlier, I've got Herbert and I've got Stafford. And, and I look at what happened last week in Houston and that makes me think, well, do I want to go and put Stafford in this week? And, you know, Stafford's my guy from the Detroit day. So, uh, you know, I don't know. But like I said, Stafford had like three straight games where he threw pick sixes. And I'm like, uh, that's, yeah. and he threw some ugly ducks in those games. So 
I, you know, for the quarterback, you know, in our, in our league, I'm probably going to ride with the guy that got me there, and that's Justin Herbert. Okay, so you're you're sticking with your guns, you're sticking with your studs who got you there. Interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's truly a right answer. It's just you got to. I feel like for me, it's con- staying consistent. It's kind of like playing blackjack. You got to stay consistent with your philosophy, whether you hit on sixteen or not. You see what the dealer has, um, and I think it's the same thing. If you if you stuck with your guys all year and they got you this far, keep riding them. Um, Kemper yeah. and I talked about this last episode is what hurts more. Uh, if you play a guy, if you get, as we would say, like if you got cute with your lineup and you played a guy who's been hot or is like could have a big game and you're not sure and you play him and he sucks and you lose because of that. Or if you stay consistent, don't play the cutesy guy and the cutesy guy goes off on your bench, which hurts more. And for me, it hurts more if I play cutesy and he screws me. So I think yeah. I too am probably a guy who would stick with my studs to keep with the guy who got you there because yeah, I would just be kicking myself if I, you know, picked up a Kashawn Vaughn on the bucks and put him in my lineup and he gets me one point because they're like, wait, why are we playing this guy? So I don't know. That's just me. I would, I too, I think I'm, the philosophy is of keeping my studs in. And, but. and he had a great game you know, go, going back to Keyshawn Vaughn and Fournette's out. And, but, you know, Ronald Jones, I thought when this league or when this season started, I thought uh, Jones was going to be the starter. And I don't know I what happened. I think we all Jones, did. But yeah. I'm like, yeah. I thought, okay, well, now Jones is going to be the man and take up Fournette. And then, like you said, Keyshawn Vaughn had a great game. Is that what's going to happen <laughs> next week in Tampa Bay? I mean, and is Giovanni Bernard, is he on IR? Because that was another guy. Yeah, he's hurt. Athlete. He's out. Is he? Okay. He's out. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, as we're talking about him, these are kind of players that we are not chasing into our championship games who who did have good games, but we are we are not. We're talking about Byron Pringle with the Chiefs. We're talking about Kashawn Vaughn with the uh, with the Bucks, Isaiah McKenzie, Joshua Palmer. And, I mean, Rex Burkhead, former Patriot great, who is on the Texans, had a great game. But, um, I mean, these aren't guys – and this is what I'm saying. I would not want to lose my championship game because I put one of these guys coming hot off an, an awesome game and then they suck. So uh, exactly. I would not chase any of these guys. I mean, I think you should go for them as we play each other. Put them in. I go for it, man. Just oh, personally. Uh, that's why I'm here to get these great tips for our uh, no, right. No, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah, we're saying stay away from these guys. Don't be fooled. I mean, Jason and I seem to be going with the idea of of sticking with the guys who got you there, but. You got to have your handcuffs. As we talk about COVID, is a big deal. We know we talked about it. Um, Dalvin Cook is the perfect tail. He's been a stud the past few weeks, but boom, he gets COVID. Then you got to have Madison. But um, so it's important you have your handcuffs and just important that you're keeping up on it just so you can make the necessary substitutions if you need to. Well said. And in my game, in my game going into the championship game, my opponent, who lives two doors down from me, uh, left Dalvin Cook in her lineup and had Madison Ooh. on the bench. And, that wouldn't have been enough for her to beat me, but it would have been enough for me to sweat a hot minute. But she had <laughs> uh, she had a goose egg from Pat Fryermuth as well, so she had two donuts on her roster. And you, know, you can't have that in the semis. No, not at all. And I, I I just implore people to take your point seriously. Like you know, this COVID stuff is a real bummer. So you know, look at this. You know, last week when we had those Christmas Day games too. So 
you've got to make sure that you're on it every day or you're going to you know, leave a Delvin cook in your lineup and get to zero. Although I'm not going to lie. I did have a huge oopsie uh, in the semifinals because I have in our league, I have uh, AJ Brown and you know, he's been hurt oh, the past three, four that. weeks. He was on my IR Monster. and I completely forgot that they were playing or I didn't forget. I just, I don't know what happened. They played Thursday night against the 49ers. I thought, I don't know what happens. He was still on my IR. And so I didn't even get to start him. And he goes off for 26 points. And I'm sitting here kicking myself. I'm like, if I lose the semis because I was an idiot and forgot to take AJ Brown off the IR, I'm going to punch myself in the face. Uh, Luckily enough, everybody else on my team crushed. And I had a great semifinal game. But uh, it, you know, speaking to your point, this is not the time to have an oops and forget to take people out and pay attention to COVIDs, injuries, all that stuff. So that is the number one thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I was cursing myself on Friday morning. Going, Are you serious? Sorry, going Joe, back to that so game too. You. I think uh, Jimmy G also messed up his thumb, right? I think he, like, he did. It. You're right. So his UCL. Yeah. So who's Niners blew up. rookie uh, Trey Lance, right? It is Trey, but I know earlier in the year he was hurt, but it's been so long. I'm sure he's fine now. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be Trey's audition, especially because the Niners blew a perfect opportunity to be in the playoff picture, but then they lost to the shorthanded Titans. So, so it'll be interesting maybe to see what happens uh, in San Francisco. That could be a sneaky guy to look at if you're desperate for a quarterback play is Trey Lance because, you know, he's got Kittle and he's got Debo and Ayuk to throw to, and he's got wheels as well. So, uh that's a guy to, to look at, too, if your quarterback situation is, is is muddled up. I mean, you got Debo, so I think you should pick up Trey. Just drop Justin and drop Maddie Stafford. Just go with Trey. Just do it. I mean, again, I'm just giving I, you all I, these tips for the win, man. Just go for it. I, Debo has <laughs> just been I – mean, you know, I've got Debo in my two championship uh, games. I don't know if I mentioned that I'm in two championships. but Have you mentioned uh, that? Debo, uh, if not, I'm going to say right now in my four leagues, I'm in two championships and Debo <laughs> is the guy that is the consistent piece between those two. I, I don't know what they're doing with that human being, but he can right? do everything. He is. It's amazing. crazy. It's also just a little frustrating because yeah, I mean, I know he's been, he's been doing well as he's lining up in the backfield, getting running back touchdowns. But and then as you look at his receiving, he's just drops anyway. You're right. They're just putting him anywhere just to do anything. He may line up a quarterback, so watch out for that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be okay with that. But if you are not as fortunate as Jason to be in as many championship games, which he has not yet mentioned, uh, here's why it's important that you should still be watching football and be paying attention to your fantasy leagues because there's still a lot that can happen this year that will also impact next year. And here are just a couple of reasons why. So we've been talking about him. The Detroit Lion stud himself. I'm on St. Amon Ross, St. Brown. He's been having a great finish to the year. And so that's someone you might want to have on your radar for next season. You know, if he wasn't on the team, you may not be paying much attention to him. But, you know, and again, I'm sorry he's on the Lions. So the Lions haven't been burning anybody's houses down. But he should be on your radar for next year. He has been proving himself. And as you said, the Lions don't have a great receiving core. And the fact that he's been able to do this, even with a Tim Boyle lining up as quarterback, I mean, he's proving himself worthy to be to be looked at next season. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a good example of that. So he was a rookie last year and in our league, uh, I drafted him in our first round this year based on potential. And there were guys that had a better resume. Yeah, he he has proven me right. And 
my only regret is I didn't go and pick him up in my other three leagues, but I thought I'll take a flyer <laughs> on him in this because he had potential. But uh, to your point, uh, he was a guy I saw something in the last year and I thought, well, let's see how he does. Yeah. And I mean, that that's huge. Kemper got him too. I remember when you picked him, you picked him, I think fourth or fifth in our league. And I had the, I had the last pick. And so I'm thinking, holy crap, there's still Ezekiel Elliott. There's still Aaron Jones. You know, there's still some big names and you went with Jonathan Taylor and good for you, man, because that, that has paid out immensely. Um, but that's yeah. why it's important. These end of the years are not always just flukes. These end of the years can mean a lot for these players going into the following season. You know, you talk about Rashad Penny. I hate the guy. Uh, I picked oh, yeah. him up in, our, in mine and Kemp's league. Uh, he sucked for me. did nothing. I put him on the bench this week. Then, of course, he has a great game. So good. Awesome. Great job, Rashad Penny. So he's playing for his contract. You know, this his rookie year, his, his rookie contract is up this season. So he needs to be having the last good end of his year to get a good job next year. So it's important to see what he's doing. Sony Michelle, you know, was left for dead uh, with the Patriots. And then even in the beginning of the year with the Rams, wasn't doing anything because they had Daryl Henderson, they had Cam Akers. Um, but then obviously Akers goes down and Her- Henderson's been having injury issues. And Sony Michelle has thrived. So it's going to be interesting to see how this year ends up for him because Cam Akers is destined to return. What's going to be the workload differential between the two? So it's, again, you got to want to be seeing these guys who could be you know, either staying in LA or moving on to different places. It's important to see what's going to be happening. Uh, Justin Jackson filled in for Austin Eckler. I, as I talked about, I picked him up because in our league, because I have Eckler and uh, he was a stud, you know, obviously Eckler ain't going anywhere and it's not like he has a career ending injury or anything like that. So does Justin Jackson end up somewhere else? If so, he could be a viable option as a starter. Um, And then, you know, you and I talked about him as well. James Robinson, he tore his Achilles. So that's, that's a brutal one because that's that's yeah. longer than an ACL in terms of recovery. That's that's a full year. So I mean, more than likely, I'm not, I am not a licensed professional doctor, but uh, generally, you know, I've been around athletics a lot and seen players with Achilles, and it, and it's usually about a year to return from that. So oh, he's sure. done, and he's probably not going to be back for most of next year, or at least the first half. So does Travis Etienne become a big name that you're thinking about in in, uh, in Jacksonville? Obviously, he had to sit his entire rookie year with his injury. But, you know, this stuff matters. And so it's important to keep watching and keep following, even if you're not, even if you got knocked out, even if you're just playing for third or fifth, it's still important to pay attention and watch because it, it'll be huge coming into next year. Um, you know, I know Kemper and I, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get Jason's input as well. We're going to be putting a list of the top 25 performances for each positions for every week of the season. And we'll offer that up to you guys at some point, but that's, that's the research we're going to be doing. We want to provide it for you guys as well, just so you can be prepared as this season comes to an end, but as you already start thinking for next year. So this is all important, man. It's all important. We can't be as fortunate to be playing in every championship game we're in, Jason. 50%. 50%. I'll take that 50. I'm in... I guess I'm in 50% our league and camps league. So I'll take that. All right, buddy. I know I grilled you on this. I grilled you on this last time. Are you ready for a couple of blind resumes? I will put my sunglasses at night on and see how we do. Yes. All right, Corey Hart. I appreciate that. Uh, so just a rem- as a reminder, I'm going to be giving you two uh, position players. I'm not going to tell you their names. I'm just going to give you their stats and I want you to either guess who they are or just tell me which one you would rather have on your team. Are you ready? You bet. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. So the first positions are uh, the first position is wide receiver. And these stats I'm about to give you are for the last four weeks. Okay. Okay. So 
over the last four weeks, wide receiver A has 37 targets, 28 receptions for 469 yards and three touchdowns. Okay. Okay. So that's wide receiver A. Wide receiver B has 51 targets, 30 receptions, 424 yards, and also three touchdowns. Which would you prefer, and can you name either one of them? Uh, I can't name either one, but I'll tell you I would take A because they've got a higher catch radius and more receiving yards, and the touchdowns are a wash. Okay. You're right. They uh, Yeah. Catching 28 on 37 balls is definitely a higher percentage. All right, so wide receiver A is T. Higgins. And the guy you passed on. And the guy you passed on, Justin Jefferson. Who I have, uh, Justin Jet Jefferson, in a fantasy football championship this weekend. But (laughs) um, if you go back and look at those quarterbacks that are throwing the ball, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Burrow or would you rather have Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Right now, I'd rather have Burrow chucking the ball to a guy. So I stand by that. Although, you know, Jefferson is amazing. The guy is. I love Justin Jefferson. I think some of his, you know, those high targets are because, you know, he didn't have his, like we talked about earlier, his Golden Tate, uh, his Adam Thielen there. (laughs) So I I think having another competent wide receiver off of Jefferson will help Jefferson, but. T. Higgins has got, 100%. you know, two. And I don't even know if T. Higgins is the number one dude there. Is it Chase? Is it, you know, is it Higgins? I, mean, I don't know. Right? Chase is definitely your deep threat. And, and Kemper and I have talked about this. Jamar Chase is stud, but he's also, he'll get you like three catches for 97 yards and like one or two touchdowns. He's not a high reception guy. He's a high yardage right. guy. Um, whereas T. Higgins is more as the few more receptions and whatnot. But um I love Justin Jefferson. He just broke Odell Beckham Jr.'s record for uh, most yards to start a career in two seasons in the first two years. So good on good on the jet. So all right, but man, doesn't matter. You're dropping Justin Jefferson for T. Higgins. So there you go. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we're moving on to some running backs. You ready? Uh, Let's do it. So running back A. Again, these are in the past four weeks. So running back A has 72 carries for 276 yards. One touchdown, 20 targets for 15 receptions, 71 yards, and one touchdown. Okay. So that is running back. One TD. So we've got two TDs. So that is two total total touchdowns. Uh, So that's running back A. Running back B has 54 carries for 180 yards, one touchdown, 19 targets for 15 receptions, 96 yards, and two touchdowns. So three total touchdowns. Uh, so a lot less yardage running the ball. One more, uh, two more touchdowns, right? So he had. Uh, no, because he got two receiving touchdowns and one oh, rushing. Two receiving so touchdowns. three to so, two. So one, you know, I, I guess I'm trying to do the math here. So you got 10 more points from a. Versus six, I guess I'm going to go with A because he's got a little bit more rushing yardage. But if that's how your your league skews over the, so you got ten points for the, the extra hundred yards the versus yards, six yep. points from the touchdown. I guess I'd go with A. Uh, neither one of these guys sound like uh, ass beaters, but uh, I'm going to go A. <laughs> All right, you're going A. Well, you passed running back B. You passed on one Antonio Gibson for yeah, one Washington football team. 
Did you try to trade Have Cooper Cup during that asshole? <laughs> uh i did granted this was like week three when i did so yeah. we didn't know what the cooper cup was but yes i did um and then running back cooper a who was, i knew he was antonio gibson <laughs> uh running back a was Najee harris yeah and i've got Najee harris and you know he's sputtering a little bit but um he's one of those guys you talked about earlier he's a rookie and i think in his second year, the Pittsburgh Steelers can look dynamically different than in 22 than they do this year. But I hope they would. He's the guy, like like a Jonathan Taylor, that if if things line up well, he's a guy that could have a really nice second year. Yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, I like Najee a lot. I liked him in Alabama, and I like what he's done so far. But he's definitely hit a rookie wall a little bit. Um, oh, certainly. So I don't know if you noticed the trend in these two, but I chose wide receivers from both yours and my team and running backs from yours and my team. So uh, you're trading yeah. Justin Jefferson for T Higgins, and then uh, you get to keep Najee instead of Antonio Gibson. So you're safe there. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then yeah, I got one more for you though. Sure. Let's do it. So here, two more running backs. Okay. okay. So running back C, I'm calling him since we already did two already. Running back C has 60 carries for 260 yards, two touchdowns, 17 targets for 13 receptions, 103 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. That's running back C. Four TDs total. Running back D has 88 carries for 420 yards, three touchdowns, only two targets, zero receptions, so zero receiving yards or touchdowns who Ooh. you taking um i'm probably gonna go d given the fact that he's got more yards in the ground the three tds that's what i'm looking for in a running back any running back that gets me catches are nice but i'm the guy that's looking for the the grounded pound type of running backs i like not everybody can get the Ladanian Tomlinson's of the world. Uh, Oof, what a I'm going to go D. Uh, did you want the? Sorry, I should have given you. Do you want the point totals? So like running back C had 66 points over the last four weeks, and running back D had 58. Does that make any difference? Oh, that that does help. But I already stuck with D, so I'm going to go with the the girl I brought to the dance. <laughs> All right. Well, the girl you brought to the dance was Jonathan Taylor Thomas himself, Simba. He is your running back of choice, and you passed on Javante Williams. So both of these guys are on your championship team, and I was hoping you'd pick Javante because I would mean you'd have had to bench Jonathan Taylor for Javante Williams. Yeah, that's not happening. Even if Jonathan Taylor's got COVID, he's going to probably still be on my roster. <laughs> he's still starting. He'll fight through the COVID. <laughs> so, yes, technically Javante's had a better four weeks, but, uh, yeah, you ain't, you ain't starting Javante Williams over Jonathan Taylor. No, not not in this life. So there you go, man. That'll do it for uh, some blind resumes. What'd you think? It's pretty tough, right? It is tough, and and uh, honestly, I I couldn't name any of those, and they're all you know uh, good players, but I I couldn't tell you what the breakdown of my players are over the last four weeks, and you know I yeah, four weeks try to pull tough. up you know something. It's like, but that that's uh, it, it is interesting when you look at it with it, it's like doing the Pepsi challenge, right? You know, you've got this in front of you, but you don't know what it is that you're drinking here. Yep. Uh, so I don't know if I've, I've told this story on air yet, but and this is a little, little long. But anyway, my buddy from college, Josh and I, we're going to visit our other buddy from college. His name is Aaron, who's in our league. He goes by Tao. 
And uh, we were visiting him at the University of Michigan. And so we were coming up. They were playing Michigan State. So we went to one of the tailgates that his friends was hosting. And first of all, this was one of the weirdest tailgates ever. It was a wine tasting party tailgate. I was like, what the hell? So no. Josh and I, it was like a, it was a competition. So Josh and I were on a team and basically there were like 10 wines or something. You had to taste them all and you had to rank them between which was the most expensive to the least expensive. So Josh and I know nothing about wine. You talk about complete blind to wine. So the way we went approached it first, we got completely hammered prior to it. So great Smart. first step. And then the second step was we thought, okay, if it tasted like total shit, that meant it was expensive. And if it tasted <laughs> sweet and yummy, that means it was cheap as shit. So we just did it based on that. And we won the entire competition. Brilliant. So that just shows you, man, it's all right in front of you. <laughs> and it's blind. So it's just up for grabs. That is hilarious. So yes, Tal, if you're listening, you have weird friends who host wine tasting parties for Michigan, Michigan State tailgates. That is, but anyway. that is the strangest thing I've heard at a tailgate. And I've been to some weird <laughs> tailgates. I will tell you this, the, the uh, quick tailgate story about the Patriots. We were tailgating Ooh. for a Thanksgiving game uh, in uh, Eastern Market is the place that we would tailgate. And there was a, a big van that had pulled up and it was all these dudes from New England. They brought a complete turkey fryer. They deep fry the nice. turkey. It was awesome. And then these Legit. dudes at the end, you know, like, hey, do you guys want some of this turkey? As we're sitting here eating like Hormel chili in like 20 degree weather. And like, yeah, well, that's a turkey. And then, you know, we had a whole turkey meal in the parking lot, you know, looking at bums trying to hit us up for change or cans. And at the end, these guys are like, we don't want to take this shit back to Boston. Uh, do you guys want like this turkey fryer and this propane tank? Like not, not like the little camping propane tank, but, you know, the no, like full legit. Size. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take a propane tank. You know, I've got <laughs> so it was awesome. So I was wow. Uh, that was one of my, that was one of my favorite tailgates. That, and no wine involved, but it was uh, no wine. It was a lot of turkey and a lot of like cheap beer. That's impressive because New Englanders are assholes. They're mass holes. So the fact that they gave you some free shit, impressive. Well done. It was it was really cool. Those guys, you know, I had nothing but good things to say about. Like, I think we were actually flanked by New England people on either side of us, and okay. they were both fine. Nice man. Well, hey, you were just texting me last night. You're saying the uh, the Lions are going to New England next season. You and I might have to make a little road trip to go see that. Yeah, I've I've never been to Fox, uh, Foxborough, and uh, I try to get you know at least pre COVID, I try to get to like one new stadium, whether it's baseball or football, a year. And I'm certainly off the mark since uh, you know since everyone's COVID. been forced to hang out in their basement bars. <laughs> That's not a bad place. Not eh, not a bad place to be, though. Uh, it's funny you say that because my buddies and I used to have a competition with baseball stadiums. So I think I'm up to like 15. But NFL, oh, wow. I've only been to one, which I'm pissed at, and it was actually a Patriots game in Carolina. So I've never okay. been to Gillette. I'd love to go. So I don't know. I would love to try and make that happen. But uh, all right. So we just finished up some blind resumes. Now let's give quick kind of Yahoo updates. Uh, so in mine and Kemper league. Kemper has made the championship, just like you, my friend. He, too, has Jonathan Taylor and Debo Samuel. So Kemper will be facing off against Andy, who is drinking Fortes. Uh, Towel, Aaron, as we know, with his crazy wine drinking parties, uh, he was hurt by Kelsey and Eckler going on the COVID list. But, I mean, he picked up Justin Jackson, so good for him. But uh, he could not get over the hump as drinking Fortes had a great week. So it will be a championship of Kemper against Andy, and Towel will be playing for the third-place game. 
in that same league, I was playing. Uh, I was going up against uh, Kemper's brother in the fifth place game, and it was a turd fest. We both were sucking hard. And uh, going into um, Sunday after Sunday night's game, I he had Dak Prescott. <laughs> And I had Dalton Schultz and Terry McLaurin. So I was winning pretty handily, but then you saw Dak, what he was doing. He was Mm. blowing everybody out of the water. Luckily I had Dalton Schultz to counteract a little bit, but um, going into the final two minutes, I was down by five points. And then Terry McLaurin decided to actually show up and he got me seven points in the final garbage two minutes. Time. Complete garbage time. So I was able to pull out the fifth place win in that league. So sorry, Creighton. That's it's hard awesome. to beat a team three times in one year, and you didn't. So boom, in your face. Uh, so it. Creighton will finish in sixth. So yes, that is our Yahoo League. Uh, but Jason, so after this podcast, I'm going to go leave a flaming bag of poop on your front step because you and I are facing off in the championship, and it's going to get real. Listen, Mr. Gumble, it, it is going to be um, – well, th- I'll just go by the Yahoo projections. As of right now, it looks like <laughs> I'm projected to beat you by uh, just about 20 points, let's say. And let, let, let me give you some credit. You – and we talked about this a little bit earlier. You were in the outhouse in this league, and you get hit the beat button on that. I was. I don't care. You were, <laughs> like, really sucking it. And to come back – uh, with your really impressive nine and six record against my pristine thirteen and two, honestly, you don't you you shouldn't even be here. It, it, it feels like <laughs> uh, like like uh, you're almost sullying my my great record by uh, by being here. But but it is what it is. So uh, you can bring your your T Higgins and your your Waddles and, and your uh, Brown. Now that you actually decide to start him, and you know you can face my Cooper Cup and my Justin Jefferson and, and the, you know, the elite talent uh, in this league though, this is a really weird league. I, I have it three is. tight ends and I'm starting two of them. Like you're starting to someone cut George Kittle in this league. And I, I just was like, I know he has not had a great couple of weeks. And going back to your point earlier, do you start the hot hand or you, do you ride the guy that, that got you in? Like I, I had Pitts on the bench, even though he was playing Detroit last week, and and I put Gronk and Kittle in over Pitts, and Pitts had the better day of either of those guys. And so he did. these are the things that are going to make me pull my hair out this week when I face you. Do I put Pitts in because he looked good last week and put a guy see, like Greg Kittle or Gronk on my bench? See, this is what I was telling Kepper. Sometimes it's, it's painful to have too many good players because you got those good guys on the bench, whereas I don't have to make as many hard decisions. Like, nope, sucks, sucks, sucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting my guys. Uh, oh, yeah. so, no, I do have to give you credit. Like, top to bottom, your team is freaking stacked. I mean, from Herbert slash Stafford to Jefferson, Cup, Taylor, Nashi, the list freaking goes on. It is extremely daunting. My team's just scrappy, man. Yeah, we started one and four. Um I've been hit by injuries though. Godwin's out for me, so that sucks. So I am starting a T. Higgins and a uh, but Jalen Waddle's good. Um, so yeah, you know, just scrappy. He is good. I watched him last night, and he's a good player. But you know, I watched both of those quarterbacks last night. Obviously, Ian Book is dog shit, but I am not a Tua fan. I don't know what you feel about him, but oh. I, I I know they've come back. They had a seven game losing streak, and now they've got a seven game win streak, and everyone's like, ah, oh, Tua's great. He is not great. He just he's not. There is, I'll tell you this: like two will never he's be serviceable. Mind. Uh, yeah, he's a guy that's going to be a backup quarterback, and he's going to be the next Nick Foles, maybe. Like, but hmm. I, I, if I'm Miami this offseason, 
I, I'm seriously considering making that run at Deshaun Watson again if he gets all of his legal stuff cleared up. I, I was like again. at first like yeah. Deshaun Watson right now, if if you could take Deshaun Watson off the street this week over Tua, I'd take Deshaun Watson if I'm in my <laughs> All right. All right, Tua. Prove him wrong. And please do, because yeah, I need yeah. Jalen Waddle had a great game. Uh he, he, so yes. he is a great player. I liked him. I do. I, he's he's come on in the past. I'd say like eight weeks. He's been. I think I haven't done the stats. I need to talk to Stat Boy, but I feel like he's been a top ten wide receiver. Um, so anyway, it's going to be a great rivalry week as we head into this championship game. Uh, shout shout out to Kemper's mom, Sonia Troll, is in the championship. This is the first time she's ever played fantasy football. She's been listening to the podcast, following our tips. She was the number one seed, and she won in the semis. Uh, so she is going to the ship. Shout out to her. Unfortunately, she lost James Robinson and Miles Sanders, so she might have to jump on the waiver wire to fill the other running back slot. But I have complete and utter faith in her. Good luck. Win that ship. Hopefully your son right. does the same thing and your adopted son and me will do that as well. So, uh, uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason, thanks again, man. Thanks for filling in. Uh, Kemper, we miss you. Hope you had a great holiday. Jason, happy holidays to you. And uh, when am I coming back to that bar? I guess after the uh, championship, I'm, am I invited back to the bar? That depends on how that uh, game shakes out. If if you beat the shit out of me, um, no. <laughs> no, I never. Can... Yeah. Uh, if you come in second, you're more than welcome. Fair. Fair enough. And I will just drink you everything you have. Uh, but with that being said. I will, I will make you a flaming mo. There we go. I'll take that flaming mo, and I might start my own business as the Plow King. But since it is nice. the winter time, you're going to need me. But uh, with everything being said, Jason, again, thanks very much for coming on. We love having you. And as always, keep on folding that cheese. leather yellow leather red yellow yeah, see i already f- that up can't do it i'm already in trouble uh this is gonna go terribly